go. There's me. And welcome to episode two of the Stick to Hockey Live podcast. It's Jason Bertitas. We're going to be joined in just a couple of moments by former NHL goaltender, former Flyer goaltender, former Coyote goaltender, former San Jose Shark goaltender. I'd have to look back and see all the different places that Boosh played. But now analyst on the NHL on ESPN. Brian Boucher will be our guest on this episode. Kevin Woodley will join us on Monday's episode. Actually, Boosh played three games in Columbus as well. I didn't even realize that. Uh, Carolina he played in Chicago he played at. He's got some good jerseys on the wall. Uh, so we'll talk to Boosh in just a couple of minutes about a ton about coaching changes, what it's like when you're a player and you go through a midseason coaching change because Boosh has gone through that. And we'll talk about leadership. We'll talk about all kinds of different angles, including some storylines around the NHL. I got to talk to him about the Rangers as well. But it is Stick to Hockey Live. It's presented by Park Sportsbook and the great Sportsbook app. If you do not have it downloaded, I highly recommend you do that now. Download it in the App Store. It's so easy to use. If you're not an app guy, you can always go online, parkscasino.com slash PA, and check it all out there. And new customers right now get $500 risk-free for your first bet. And uh, you be credited in site credit if you do not win that bet, but check it out. And it's just so easy to use. Bet the lines, bet the games, the NHL card. We'll talk about some of the uh, card coming up a little bit later in this uh, episode of Stick to Hockey Live once we're done with Boosh. And also make sure you give, you know, Park Sportsbook a follow on Twitter at Park Sportsbook. Great content there. Uh, daily specials also on Instagram, YouTube, if you're seeing this on YouTube. Uh, you can check it out there as well. Facebook, Facebook Live, all the different angles, and uh, it's all available there to you. And Stick to Hockey Live is not the only great content there. You got the Oddgees podcast with myself and Harry Mays, which debuted this past week. We had special guest John DeBella on. Also, you have all the great, the Ritz Gannon stuff, Mike Quick, Natalie, Sam. There's a lot of great content on there. So go check it all out. Again, give them a follow on uh, Twitter at Spark Sportsbook. Follow them on Instagram, Facebook. YouTube and everywhere else uh, to get all the different content. Now, what's, you know, we're doing this episode. The first episode was on Monday, and it happened to be the day that the Flyers announced that Elaine Vigneault was terminated as the head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers, along with Michelle Terry. And I didn't plan to start Stick to Hockey Live concurrently with a huge breaking story like that, that sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Not that, you know, somebody getting fired is is lucky or good. But Mike Yo has taken over as the, the interim head coach. And since then, they had the 7-5 loss on Monday against the Colorado Avalanche. And then last night, the 3-0 loss against the New Jersey Devils. And in the postgame press availability, uh, Mike Yo called the Flyers game. And their approach, I thought, was an interesting term. He used the word safe. And there's one thing that in team sports you can never – win by playing with a characteristic of safe because you you have to incur risk to get reward in sports and when you're playing things safe it's not a recipe for success and the flyers i i thought it was a good term i thought it was pretty apropos of mike yo to use that word safe for the flyers game and it wasn't hard in kind of looking at everything to see why they didn't score in the game why they got shut out for a fourth time when you look at the shots and, and scoring chances chart, everything was to the outside. They had one scoring chance inside a high danger area. But let's get to the man right now who has done a, 
look, we're talking about shutouts. Nobody's got more a longer shutout streak in the history of the game than our guests from the NHL and ESPN, former Flyer, former Columbus Blue Jacket for all of three games. It is Brian Boucher. Boucher, how you doing? Uh, I'm good. I don't think I've ever been referred to as an ex-Columbus Blue Jacket. Uh, nobody's <laughs> ever said that. I was hoping that that was erased from uh, from the history books. Was your time in Columbus uh, enjoyable? I mean, three games, Boosh, back in 06, 07? Uh, it was not enjoyable. Uh, I actually ended up wrecking <laughs> my sh- I ended up wrecking my shoulder. Um, I apologize. Uh, house phone is ringing here. At my, I'm at my in-laws house in Rhode Island, wow. by the way. Um, they have an no, old my- school house phone? Oh yeah, yeah they do. <laughs> it is old school here. Um, I uh, I wrecked my shoulder in Columbus in practice, um, smashing my stick on the on the crossbar, and I did it with like four games left in the regular season. So uh, I had only played three games there, and I was just you know this, we weren't going to make the playoffs, and I was just miserable. And I snapped in practice one day and dislocated my shoulder, smashing my stick, and. I called my wife to tell her that uh, I was hurt at practice today. And she's like, oh, she felt terrible. She's like, oh, my God, that's too bad. And and then she asked me how I did it. And I told her I did it in a fit of rage. And she hung up on me and <laughs> called me a, and called me a, you know, a, you know, a word that we probably shouldn't use. But, um, yeah, so I ended up in shoulder surgery and ended up going to the minors the next year in uh, in Philadelphia after after getting my shoulder fixed. Wow. What, yeah. How do you dislocate your shoulder? But I mean, was that must have been the was the stick made of titanium? No, it was uh, it was like a, a wood, like, you know, like those wood, those warrior sticks. Right. Uh, yeah. They had like a carbon fiber around it, I guess. I don't know. Like, it's not like one of those like bower sticks that they made that are composite. Um, I don't know. I just got the foam core is what it's called. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I had my stick all the way out. Like I was holding it on the knob and I, and I swung it around to hit the, to hit the, the post uh, you know and i don't know whatever whatever reason the weight of the stick when i hit the crossbar my shoulder just just dislocated when i did it and i knew right away when i did i was like oh boy i was like that's uh, not good and i skated right off the ice and actually columbus suspended me without pay uh because they said i did it in a in a non-hockey related incident which i thought was bush league but uh yeah, yeah. so i yeah so that insurance paid that's why we got insurance so insurance paid for it i got it fixed and then after that you know paul holmgren signed me to a minor league deal uh in philadelphia to come back and play for the phantoms and just get my career back on track so anyway we don't need to get in all that but yeah so columbus was not it's not a place that i i think of and say wow let's revisit those days (laughs) well um i will never introduce you as a former columbus blue jacket again (laughs) it's a good thing like you didn't get a mask made and and paint and pads and the whole columbus blue jacket setup but yeah never had it never never had a mask painted i just uh taped it like uh because i was with the blackhawks before that so i just taped it blue yeah so <laughs> do you have you have good blackhawk setup you know i had uh the mask was okay uh i don't know where that mask is i i i swear i don't know what's happened to like half of my mask collection i see all these other guys that have played like marty biron's got beautiful mask collection in the back even you you got a nice little setup there i got like four masks of mine and i played on like twenty thousand different teams and i don't know where my masks are i have no idea I moved so much that I just lost track of some things. So if anybody has my has my equipment, whatever, I mean, uh, you know, let me know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll buy it off you or something like that. I have no idea where my masks are. 
we're gonna be watching A and E one night and like storage wars, and that guy's gonna be like, "Yup." And then, oh look at this, Brian They're Boucher, Chicago Blackhawks mask is in the storage locker. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll pay something like five grand for a mask that isn't worth twenty bucks. You know, sucker that I am. They'll be looking uh, in the locker, and be like, "Man, this locker really smells." <laughs> There's a bunch of goalie equipment in here, not realizing uh, it's a former NHL player's goalie equipment. <laughs> That's great. That'd be crazy. Um, um, we had to start off with you know some levity, Boosh, because um, the Flyers last night they lost ten straight games. It, it's not technically they've lost ten straight; they've lost actually six straight, but they're mm-hmm. winless now in ten. That's the the proper terminology. But ten straight, and this team can't score. They faced that Devils team, Boosh, last night that you know has allowed four point one goals per game in their last eleven. They only won two of their last eleven, and they go in there and they get goose egged. I mean when you see a team struggling offensively to this degree, like the flyers are, I mean, what's the way out of it? Oh um, yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, you know, at Jonesy said best, I think in the, in the post game last night, right. Uh, with JJ, you know, he says, you, you, uh, you think you hit rock bottom, right. And you're waiting to see the signs of pulling out of it. And, you know, maybe they, maybe last night was bottom. You know, I think that's the hope, right? Uh, it just seemed like last night there was uh, it was sloppy. Um, there was no there was no um, second effort. You know, like at least in the game on Monday, they gave up seven, right, in that game. Uh, but there was fight in that game. Like you could see that there was, you know, there was a a, a, a compete to try and get back into the game. Um, but last night it just seemed, it, it, yeah, I hate to say lackluster, but it just, you know, it just didn't seem to be any, any energy. Uh, and maybe, maybe last night was, was bottom, you know, that, that's a hope. And you, to get out of it, I think, you know, everybody has to individually look at how they can be better, um, you know, in what they can do, you know. And if you do that, uh, and it's not to be selfish, I don't mean that in a selfish way, I think, but you just look at what do you bring to the table? So if you're an energy guy, you make sure you bring energy, right? If you're a guy that's physical, make sure you bring physical. If you're a skilled guy, make sure you execute, you know? Uh, those are things that you can do. But I think for the most part, you know, for a large stretch now, we haven't seen good enough commitment to defending um, with this group. And I think that's been, you know, the basis of all their problems. I mean, if you don't defend well, you're not going to give yourself a chance. I think they have to get back to that, making sure that they defend to the point where, they feel good about that. And then, you know, once you've accomplished that and you feel good in that part of your game, then I think the other part can, can break out of it. You're not going to outscore teams. You know, you can't get into, into shootouts with, with, with the opposition. You have to try and win games two to one, three to two. Uh, and if you do that, I think you can build confidence that way and just start trying to chip away, win two out of three, win two out of three, and just try and work yourself out of hole. But right now, um, you hope they hit rock bottom. Maybe that was a sign last night uh, in a, a game like that, where I, I think, you know, I think that was an opportunity because it's not like the Devils were playing great. You mentioned they were giving up goals as well, but they just didn't seem to be in sync last night. And you know, now the hope maybe is, although it doesn't get any easier, right? Now they got to fly cross country, um, right? Yeah. Is that the next game? Yeah, going yeah, to Vegas. Yeah, Vegas, you know, and and it's not, you know, that certainly isn't easy, but uh, maybe getting away. Uh, it's, you know, I think Jersey's away. It's a road game. But it's not really away, right? Maybe getting on the road like that going to Vegas can help. Uh, you know, if you can win one, maybe you can win two and, and hopefully turn the tides here. 
Yeah, and then Arizona on a back-to-back on Saturday. Um, and there's a lot of distraction around Arizona right now, as per usual, with everything yeah. with the arena, right? <laughs> How crazy is that? Oh, um, my God. But, but I love what you said because it's – I think it's so true that if you're – you need to go into a game when your team is struggling and be what you are. Don't try and be what a collective – you know, you need the team. If you're a physical guy, go out and be physical and make sure right. you do that part of your job. If you're a playmaker, go out there and execute and set guys up. If you're a scorer, be in the right spot and bury. Like, right. it feels like everybody's trying to do too much, and by proxy, it looks like they're not doing enough. Yeah, and what can happen, too, when you start losing is the trust factor goes away in one another, right? You know, maybe mm-hmm. uh, you maybe you're not trusting that your, your teammate is going to do what they have to do. Or in the case of trying to do too much, maybe – you know, you, you, you know, you feel like oh, I gotta, I gotta go help and do something, you know, and get, now you get out of position and then it, and then it, it snowballs yeah. out of control. And when you're losing games and, and uh, you're in a losing streak, I think those things compound and you don't get the big save. You don't get the big play at the big moment. You don't get the goal at the right time. It seems to whatever can go wrong does go wrong. And I, so I, that's why I think just simplifying the game, really focus on defending. And if you can really just tell yourself, like, you know, be, I know guys that, fancy themselves on getting points they're not going to be excited about defending like I get that you know that's not what they want to do but if you feel good after a 60 minute effort where you really did a good job of giving the opposition nothing I think you can build on confidence that way and you get that good feeling back and then I think eventually the good players and the talent starts to come out and the guys start making plays you see it everywhere every year it's an 82 game season it never stays as bad as it as it is forever at some point you come out of it you know I think it's just about making sure that I mean, you want to avoid situations like this because these types of losing streaks are the ones that, you know, make you miss the playoffs, you know, yeah. and that's just the reality of it. So the Flyers have to find a way to, 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 you know, like I said, win one and then get on, you know, start chipping away, you know, like win two out of three, right? I think that's what you, you start looking at that way and try to jump some teams in the standings. But first, first and foremost, they, they've got to defend, uh, you know, with, with a purpose. And then from there, I think everything else can come out of it. You know, one of the things when when things are going like this, how miserable is it as a player to just show up at the ring for practice for to to get on the flight to go to Vegas today? What's Mm -hmm. that flight like? I mean, it you you assume the guys are not turning on each other and we haven't heard that that's happened and we would probably hear about it because we hear about everything now. At least people conjecture. But how miserable is it just to, to drag yourself to the rink when things are just going this poorly? Yeah, it sucks. I mean, that's the part that, um, you know, that's the part that I don't miss, uh, you know, playing when you hit situations like this coach gets fired and, you know, it's just, there's nothing positive at the rank, right? That's the part that really weighs on you. Uh, so it's the, these aren't fun times. And I, I would say almost every team I've played on, we never had guys turn on each other. Typically guys will stick together. Guys are going to um, want to help each other out. Uh, these are all competitive guys and, you know, whether it's the flyers or any other team that's going through tough times, you know, you, you know, that's the thing you got each other inside the room. I mean, you don't, you don't pay attention to what's being written or what's being said on the outside of the locker room. You focus on what's, you know, what's going on inside your room, but you know, when you're a competitive guy and you lose and you don't, and the results aren't there, it's not fun. I don't care how much money you make, um, uh, how fancy a car you have or how big a house you have, you know, when you lose, it's, it's a bad feeling and it wears on you and guys lose sleep over it and guys stress out about, about it. And I think they want to do well. Uh, 
and, and that's the thing. And that's where I say, like, you know, sometimes you can start to compound the problem. You start to try and do somebody else's job or you don't trust somebody in a certain situation. And then, you know, you're caught between. That's why I think you got to just focus on uh, what you bring to the table. Uh, take care of yourself. Make sure you're preparing well uh, off the ice. Uh, get your mind right to, to perform at the highest level you can. And you hope that your buddy on the side is doing the same thing. And eventually, you know, you can dig yourself out of it. And you can start to smile in that locker room again. Because if you're not winning, it doesn't matter. Uh, guys are guys are pretty miserable. Yeah, you know, I always said this, you know, if I got a guy trying to do my job, now I got two guys not doing their job. And that's at professional sports. That can't happen. Pooch, uh, let me ask you about coaching change, because back on December 6th, I think, of 2009, you experienced it here in Philadelphia when John Stevens was let go. He was a really good guy. A lot of people liked him. Players liked him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was a change needed, and they brought in Peter LaViolette, and he comes in, and you guys didn't have success right away. And you, matter of fact, you hit a really big rough patch late in that season as well before mm-hmm. the, the magic of the playoff run. But w- what is it like for a player when the coach gets let go, whether you like him, dislike him, or whatever? there's still a little bit of guilt that kind of comes with it. Isn't there? Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, if you're, if you're, you know, go-to player and, and a coach gets fired, I mean, I think, you know, you gotta, you, you know, you bear some responsibility in that, you know, um, if you're a fourth line guy or a guy that's in and out of the lineup, you probably don't care as much because you're, you know, I mean, let's face it. Uh, if you're playing seven minutes a night or you, you're the backup goaltender, you probably didn't play that huge a, a role or a hand in that guy losing his job, but you never like to see people, um, you know, get sent away. Right. I mean, that's never a nice feeling. Um, but you know, th- th- that's, that's the part of the job that, you know, when I say you hate coming to the rink in these situations, those are the things you just hate when you're, when you're walking on eggshells and you just get the sense that something could be happening. That's not yeah. a good feeling. You know, it's not fun to go to the rink that way. What's fun is, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're winning games and there's excitement around the team and there's a buzz around town and, you know, that's when you, you know, that's the, the joy of being a pro athlete, right. In a, in a great market like Philadelphia, where you just, you just love coming to the rink and you've got this energy, even if you're tired, because you just know that, you know, it's going to be an exciting night or that good things are going to happen. So, um, yeah. And then, you know, when a new coach comes in, you know, it can, it can bring new energy to a group, uh, because now you got to prove to a, to, uh, a new set of eyes and a new person, what you can do now, is that the case here with Mike Yo? uh, I don't know. I mean, that might be a little bit different when a guy goes from being an assistant to a head coach. I mean, I I don't know that you get that same jolt that maybe we got when we got Peter Laviolette. You know, Lavi came in and brought in Kevin McCarthy. So you had two new faces that came in and, you know, right away it was like, boom, there's, there's, there's a different energy around here. You know, yeah, something that we hadn't seen before. Now you're kind of like, whoa, okay, what we were doing before, we're going to change it up. Meetings are different. Uh, you know, our, you know, everything that we do, uh, you know, from a structure standpoint is a little bit different, you know, how, how we, how we approach practices, when we practice everything, you know, and just kind of snapped into a, a different mindset. So I think, you know, when you do that, I think that those, those types of changes can work. Um, you just wonder if when you take somebody that was an assistant, just move them down the bench to the middle of the bench, do you get that same effect? I mean, I don't know if I've ever had uh yeah, I guess I did have an assistant. Bill Barber did. Uh, he went from being an assistant for Craig Ramsey and then took over. But Billy was a very uh, intense guy, you know, and you could sense that Billy was quiet as an assistant. But when he took over as head coach, you knew that 
uh, it was his team now, you know, and plus yeah. Billy was such a, a big figure in Philadelphia that I think we all had immense respect for, you know, for what he was as a, as a, as an ex flyer and everything. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out with Mike Yo and, and how this team is able to dig out of this. Uh, bottom line is they got to defend better. They need better performances from a lot of guys. Uh, individually, they, they guys have to look themselves in the mirror and be better. And if they do that, you know, then I think the, the, the what we thought they were going to be might start to see a little bit more of that. Bush, one of the things I, I love to ask guys that played about, and as a goalie, it's a little bit different because you're not a skater, but but the the I guess the prospect of leadership and this there's so much made about the C in hockey. It's like glorified, it's romanticized about. And Giroux's the one guy that's been here for so long, and there's a lot of those years of you know, the team not progressing in the playoffs, out of the playoffs and all of that. Um, but talk to me about leadership and, ha- you know, leadership in hockey. I've, in my experience and, and kind of the way I look at it, it always been, it's never one man. Like it didn't matter if it was Chris Bronger or Bob Clark, they, their job as a leader wasn't to get somebody down the bench to play hard. That's incumbent upon a pro athlete. Um, and, and you can demand a lot and you have to kind of, as a leader, lead by example. But what is leadership today in the NHL? What does it look like? Well, I think you just said it. It's it's lead by example. Uh, every guy that I played with that was a good leader, um, you know, they they walk the walk. That's the bottom line. You know, you can words are empty. I mean, if you if you say something and do something differently, you know, if you say, "Hey, we got to be in great shape," and then you don't take care of yourself off the ice and you're out every night. What are we talking about? You know what I mean? Like you just said uh, a catchy phrase, we're going to be in good shape. But I, and that's just an example, right? But like I think of guys that I play with in Philadelphia that I thought were great leaders. Like, you know, Eric Dujardin was a great leader. You know, yeah. like th- this guy, I could count on him every single day. Like, you know, and I know he had Rose injuries. Too. He, he was he was injury prone towards the end of his career, right? Some bad injuries. And I was gone by then. But when I played with him, like this guy. I mean, you just knew when he came to the rink, it was all business. There was nothing that got in the way of whatever he was looking to do. And that was the objective to win a game, right? And do the best he could. So like a guy like that, a guy like Rick Tockett, same thing. Um, you know, Mark Recchi, you know what I mean? Uh, th- these guys all cared. It's on Keith Primo, same thing. Like Preems was, uh, you know, when he got to the rink, like, I mean, hours of preparation before practice, you know what I mean? Like you'd see him in the weight room, like, you know, hours two hours before practice working out like full-on sweat you know it's like 82 games you know what i mean like and that's the type of like leadership that you know you see chris pronger same thing these guys you just knew when i was in san jose rob blake same same idea was no it was not a mistake that the greatest players were always the ones that were most prepared and 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 led by example so i think when you see guys like that you just kind of naturally are like oh my god i gotta pick it up a little bit here you know and and, and that's when you get in line and like you said it can't be just one guy i think when you have multiple guys on a team all doing the same thing and they don't have to be doing the same thing but all you know doing similar stuff you know what i mean in preparation to get ready that's when you start to look around you're like man if if i'm not doing that then uh, i'm 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 cheating my group here and I got to get going. So, you know, I, and Claude, I was with him early on in his career. Um, he's a competitive guy who cared a ton, very talented. I knew he had to compete in him that, you know, you could just see he would, you know, he'd bite somebody's nose off if he could to, to get ahead of somebody. 
Um, and I think he's played great so far this year. I don't have any problems with the way he's played. Um, it's tough. I mean, he's not getting any younger, you know, and I think he feels the pressure and the burden. Um, but I think he's trying to do the best he can. I think he, there, there needs to be more guys uh, that raise their level of play like Giroux has here this year. And if they do that, I think they're going to start to work their way out of it. But I don't think you can point fingers at the captain here in Philadelphia and say he's the reason why this year this you know they're in a 10-game losing streak. I, I haven't seen it. I think he's played hard, and I think he's produced. And uh, I think more guys have to follow his lead. Yeah, I I look at him and I go, he's the least of the problems. Right. There's a, a, a ten year, yeah. other ones that I that I can find that are you know are are the issue, and it's not there that I'm like going, oh, I got to fix this guy or this guy's got to do more. I think he's he's done as much as he can. He's not a guy that's going to take over games like he once did, right? You right. know, I mean, he's he's just knocking on the door of 34 coming up in January, but yep. he's still an immense talent and and player. You know, when it comes to waiving his no move clause, Boosh, if this does become a season for the Flyers where they just can't get back into it, and they're and they're reaching that like tipping point right now, of mm-hmm. it's just going the math is going to get too difficult, um, and he waves that no move clause. I mean, there's a team that was just in town I could see him playing for. They got some cap space, and that's Colorado. What would he look like in a Colorado Avalanche jersey on that power play? McKinnon, McCarr. Oh, me Jesus. Well, Rants he would be me. on the he would be on the second unit, is what he would be <laughs> on that team. You know, he, um, you know, like I'll say it. I mean, if I, you know, Giroux won't say it, but um, I, if I'm Claude Giroux and I'm waving playoffs, it. I, I'm waving it. Like yeah. I'm waving it, and right. um, because you know. I think I was 30, maybe I was 34 uh, when we were in 2010. And listen, I was a backup goalie, whatever. You know, Giroux is a guy that's, you know, one of the best flyers that we've seen in the history of this organization, right? He's in a totally different, you know, atmosphere. He uh, he deserves a chance to to play for a cup, you know? And, and when you're 34 years old, time is ticking. It could be, this could be it. So if I'm him, I don't, you know, you have a discussion with Chuck Fletcher and, you know, it's, it, you look at it this way, you don't, not that you're letting the organization down, you're actually probably helping them in the sense that they could get an asset or two on, on the way back and you go do your thing and try and win. You know, I think Giroux's given all he could to, uh, to Philadelphia and for the Flyers, if it doesn't work out that they, that this team can make the playoffs and he shouldn't, he shouldn't feel any shame in, in, uh, in asking for a situation where he could go to a chance to a place to a chance for a chance to win. That's just the way I see it. I don't know if he's going to do it. I, I, but you know, the Flyers will get something in return, so it's not a total loss. You know, it'd be you know, if he sticks around here and then leaves in, as a UFA uh, over the loss. summer, that's yeah. a total loss. I mean, at least recoup something for him. And I think Flyer fans, by and large, would be happy to see Claude Giroux uh, have success elsewhere. Um, and and then I think the Flyers, you know, at that point, it's about you know finding a way to get younger, get faster. You know, the power play always ran through Giroux for the last 10 years. Well, now it's got to run through somebody else at that point. You just figure it out and go a different direction. But, um, yeah, I'm sure he wouldn't come out and say it, but I'll say it for him. He should he should want to go try and win a Stanley Cup for sure. Yeah, you go full Ray Bork. And mm-hmm. I, I use Colorado. I don't see it all the way through, right? Bork, all those years in Boston, and you knew watching Bork well, Boosh. Like, he was a Boston Bruin, but he went mm-hmm. and won a cup at the end with the Colorado. And yeah, and, and and remember, like it didn't happen for him in the first year, right? It, it didn't yeah. happen the first year. They, you know, they fell short, and then he went back for another year and got it done. Yeah. Um, 
Bork is a bit older than Giroux is at the time that that yeah, happened. He was so I, yeah. I still think Giroux's got you know more years after this. It'll be totally up to him if he wants to play. Um, and who knows? Maybe he could ever return to Philadelphia. I, I I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. But I'm just saying here and now, if they're not going to make the playoffs, I think Giroux deserves a chance to for a chance to win. And he shouldn't feel guilty about feeling that way uh, because yeah. I think he's given all he could here. Let me ask you about that notion of, okay, waving your no-move clause to go to another team. Say it again, we'll just play it through. Say it's Colorado, and he goes to Colorado, whether they win the Cup or not. In the offseason when he's going, okay, I'm going to sign a new deal. I'm looking for like a three-year deal with somebody. That's mm-hmm. what I think I can play here at 34 years of age. When you look back at Philadelphia, after you've gone to Colorado and not been the name, the, the biggest name on the marquee out there, you go and you're just out there playing hockey. You got McCarr, you got McKinnon, you got all these talented players, and you're just you're a really good player on that team. But you're yeah. not the guy that's got to be there in front of the media all the time. Do you really want to go back and 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 come back to Philadelphia, or are you looking for you know that situation? Because I imagine that that's got to be refreshing. Yeah, it is, and and that's a thing. Like you know, you um, you know the saying, you know, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. That that is true, uh, oftentimes. But sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, it, it you know it can be a situation where it's just a better situation for you at this point in your life. And I think for Giroux, you're right. He wouldn't have to be the one front and center every day answering questions. He could be a piece to the puzzle, and I think he would be a a, a very good piece to the puzzle. And I don't think he'd be a guy that would go into a situation like let's say if it was Colorado, like demanding I got to be on the first power play on the half. Yeah. Point, right. I think he's going to understand that this team is McKinnon's team. You know, and that, uh, you know, he wants to just help out and, and be a be a be a piece of the puzzle. So uh, and then after that, what do you want to do? Right. I, I don't you know, I don't know Claude's uh, finances. Uh, I don't know how he handles his money, but I would assume that he's got enough money. They're pretty good. The way. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, whatever decision he makes uh, after this year with regards to a contract going forward, that it's not just going to be about how much money he can get. I think it's going to be about being in a situation that, you know, one is good. For him, career-wise, uh, gives him a chance to win, a good place for his family, uh, because obviously those things you take into consideration when you have a young family, and uh, and quality of life, right? I mean, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for a place where you can go to the rink and have a smile on your face and, and be excited to play the game again. Um, and like I said, he's I, I think he's given everything that he has in his body uh, and his soul to Philadelphia. Uh, from yeah. the clothes that I know, I really, I honestly, truly feel that way. He's played injured. He's played through injuries, um, and he and he competes all the time. Has he delivered every time? No, he hasn't. But that's sports, right? I mean, some days yeah. you're going to fail at what you do, but as long as you go down swing, and I think most people can can respect that. Bush, let me ask you this because you have kids. When you play, and Claude's got young kids right now, really young, and when they're grown up, they won't remember these years probably vividly. But you had young kids do you want to sometimes play as an athlete to a point where you, they can watch you and remember you and they don't have to relive your career through YouTube? You know, I never really thought about that, to be honest with you. Um, and maybe because I just was a, you know, a backup goalie that was just hanging on at the end, right. Getting one and two year deals that I just, you know, for me, it was just about trying to make a living to be quite honest with you. Uh, yeah. I never really, I never really looked at it that way, but I could see how, you know, these guys that are, marquee players that 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 would be something that crosses their mind right that they want to they want to do that so that the kids could see them play um 
I could see why guys that would enter part of the the reasoning as to why you want to keep on playing or where you want to play. Um, I think at the end of the day, though, you have to as a player, you just have to have that drive and that passion to want to play still, that love for the game. The minute that goes, you can't look for other reasons to to hang in the game aside from, you know, listen, if you were if you were dead broke and you blew all your money. You know, you'd have yeah. to play because you got to, you know, you got to do what you got to do, right? Whether you don't yeah. want to do it. But, you know, when you get to the point where money's not not the object, you know, if you if you still have that drive, that passion, that want to go to the rink, that want to work out in the summertime, too, because you know you're getting older, the mm-hmm. game's getting faster, it's getting younger. Do you still want to go to the gym and give three, four hours in the summertime, uh, knowing that it's going to pay off? That's where I think a lot of guys lose lose the drive, and that's when – they know to call it quits, but yeah, maybe for some guys it is about having their kids see him play because it's a pretty cool situation too to, you know, to go to the rink and see your dad play and remember that as a young kid. Yeah. I mean, the other thing I've always said this, the moment, a lot of times a pro at very few players defy this logic, but the moment a player thinks that I, I should, I'm thinking about retiring, they should retire because mm-hmm. you've lost the edge. Right. And, and it's not about, when they drop the puck on a game, it's about all the other elements, the summer, the yeah. day in day out preparation, because like Bush, like to, to, to compete at that level. And you competed in the NHL. Like you have to be so dialed in, like players freak out. If they don't go to a morning skate, they feel like they have no hands that night. You know, like we, like the, the normal people can't fathom how dialed in every element of your game has to be to have success in the NHL. Yeah, it's it, you're right. I mean, the preparation starts uh, the night before a game, right? I mean, where your mind's at the night before, and especially as a goaltender, I mean, man, the, the amount of hours that you stress and the anxiety of you know what's to come the next night and the pressure and and all that it's it can become too much uh, at, at a certain point. And then if your skills diminish to the point where it's really stressful because you just know that you're a step behind and that's when it's that's when it's tough um yeah there's a lot that goes into it it's just a lot in in the games only getting younger it's uh you know with the way the salary cap structure is now the cheapest players are the entry-level players and these kids are getting ready to play at uh 19 years old 20 years old um so it's not you know when you're making too much money they're going to go for the cheaper option so you have to continually prove yourself that you you know, say you're making 3 million bucks and yeah, it doesn't sound like a lot, but that 3 million might hurt against the cap. You know, if they can find a cheaper option at 850 uh, okay. to help with, with a cap situation, you, know, you could find yourself on waivers and go into the minors, you know? So yeah. you have to be on top of your game. You got to be sharp at all times. Uh, in order to do that, you got to stay healthy. And if you're not nicked up, then uh, you got to perform, you know, and that's just the way it is. It's, it's a tough gig, but it can also be a very rewarding gig too. You know, if you, if you can, stick around for 10 plus years and and make a good living and have good memories from it uh but yeah there's a lot of pressures that go into it Bush, last thing for you carter hart no matter what the flyers direction is for the remainder of this season how they decide on the coaching staff how they decide to move forward whether to push these chips back into the middle of the table and say we can get back into it this season after an aggressive offseason from chuck fletcher no matter what they do a lot of the decision-making has to revolve around not ruining the goaltender Carter Hart, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, and I, and, and I, uh, I will say this, uh, encouraged by the start of his season, you know, after a tough year last year, 
I think he showed uh, the ability to bounce back. But by no means do I think he's out of uh, the woods here. Like, you know, there's still a, a period yeah. of time here where you got to be mindful of, of a young player and, and, uh, and where he's at uh, emotionally, mentally, uh, all of that. And so, yeah, they, they've got to be, they've got to be mindful of that. I mean, you know, just say for the sake of, you know, say you were of the mindset, we got to tear this thing down, right. And start over. Well, that, you know, that can be, that, that could be a, uh, that could be a tough situation for a goaltender that, you know, is maybe not 100% there just yet you know and where he wants to be confidence wise now also you could make the argument that if you do that maybe the pressure is off of uh, of a guy like like Hart, you know because now the expectations aren't there for this team to contend and go to this go go deep into the playoffs you know i think when they when they lost to the islanders a couple of years ago i feel like the expectations all of a sudden got ramped ramped up pretty high right and i don't yeah. know that anybody's expectations were that high prior to that i think people were kind of like oh let's just kind of take a wait and see approach you know and then last year happened and you know now uh the impatience starts to starts to kick in so you know for a young goaltender yeah i mean if they tear it down how does he react to that situation and how you know does he want to be a part of that does you know and and how would he perform under those circumstances you know you have to consider all those things and i don't know that it needs to be torn down to the studs necessarily if you go that route I mean, and you see teams that when they do tear it down there is a quick turnaround for some of these teams it's, it's not as rangers. long as people yeah it's not as long as people think you know but now the rangers they did they announced they're going to tear it down and then all of a sudden they end up with artemi panarin you know get the number there. one overall pick and lafreniere yeah you know and and then truba signs and i know that maybe truba they, they you know people aren't that excited about that but they had a couple of situations that kind of it seemed like it accelerated their their little tear down there. Totally, um, yeah. You know, so that maybe that's not the the prime example, but you know, I think back to Colorado, and you know, they were bad for a couple of years, and then was it four years later, their team that people are picking them to win a Stanley Cup, right? I mean, at yeah. the one year they had forty eight points when Bednar took over, um, been pretty quick, I think. Um, maybe maybe not for people in Colorado, maybe they don't feel that way, but I think from an outsider looking in, I think that that turnaround was pretty fast. So. Um, It'll be interesting to see, man. Like I, I, I expected the Flyers to be better uh, than they are right now. Um, I didn't expect this. Like I just thought, you know, that there'd be some performances from players that you know you could count on, and they haven't been there. You know, guys like yeah. Couturier, uh, Van Riemsdyk, Konechny. Um, you know, obviously Hayes' injury didn't help. Ellis being out didn't didn't help. Um, but Carter, Carter's been a bright spot. Giroux's been a bright spot. But aside from that, I mean, there's been a lot of guys that just haven't performed to their capabilities, and that's why they are where they are. Now, if they turn it around, maybe, you know, we're not talking about stripping it down. But for now, when you haven't won in 10 games, I think it's a fair question to ask. Yeah. How's uh, everything going with the NHL and uh, ESPN, Boosh? Uh, you know, I was always critical of ESPN prior to this year because when they didn't have skin in the game, I didn't think they, they gave hockey the, the rightful place that it belonged. But that's always me being, you know, protective but i gotta tell you like that they're covering the game tremendously uh, at espn right now and i, I love yeah. what's going on there yeah it, it's been it's been great uh you know we got a big you know big team uh at espn and uh, it kind of it uh it you know spreads out the workload for all of us you know i'm only i'm only doing about a game a week i have this week off uh from espn so it's you know from from that standpoint it's been it's been pretty good 
Um, I'm sure it'll pick up here in the second half. But, you know, just obviously with stuff on Sports Center uh, that you see now, there's more yep. hockey uh, lead-ins. And, um, you know, we got the, you know, the point and, and shows like that and just a, a real focus on the game. And the, the, the reality is we've uh, – there's been people at ESPN for years that have been huge fans of hockey and have wanted to push the game. Guys like John Butchergrass, Steve Levy. Uh, Linda Cohn, you know, they've all they've all been big fans of the NHL. And, you know, when you, you know how it is, right, when you're you're working for a team and, and the team says we do this, you do that. Right. Uh, yep. But deep down inside, they've all been uh, big hockey fans. And even some of the producers that we have there uh, behind the scenes, they're, they're big hockey people, too. And they're so excited to have uh, the game back. And, you know, I think uh, for fans, you know, obviously, it's, you know, subscription based right now. A lot of the games are on ESPN plus, but I think once we get into the second half of the season, um, you know, probably into March, you know, you're going to start seeing a lot more games on ESPN and, uh, and ABC. So it'll be more traditional in that sense, much like you're seeing on TNT. So maybe for the casual fan, they'll kind of, they'll, they'll jump back on board and see what ESPN uh, is all about and, and kind of, you know, relive the old days, I guess you could say. But yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I think it's been great at, at ESPN. And obviously, there's been some, you know, wrinkles that we're all trying to work out when you get a, you know, a new outfit again. And uh, but you know, real pros uh, at ESPN. I'm, I'm super proud to be a part of that team. Yeah, there's a lot of passionate hockey people that have worked there for a long time and that are working mm-hmm. there, which is, and like that, that's the thing with hockey. Like you got to be passionate about it. And there's a lot of really passionate people. The other, I think like I mentioned this the other day with you guys, with ESPN and TNT that, you know, this broadcast deal was basically signed when other rights deals were in place for ESPN and TNT. And right. eventually when those, those deals, like, like on TNT, they're dealing with wrestling on Wednesday nights. So that the games have that's to be That's why the games are, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, once yeah. the calendar year ends, then the, the obviously the the new agreements kind of change a little bit there as well. And yeah, it's great to see the ESPN Plus thing and streaming is so huge. And I mean, I can get anything uh, with it, so it's awesome uh, to see. And, and and that's where everything's going anyway. It's all in demand. If you don't have a smart TV at this point, I guess I, my TV might be average intelligence, but <laughs> it works. Well, I, yeah, it's funny because like I'm I'm at my in laws right now, and uh, they've got one smart TV. And that's because I purchased it for them. You know what I mean? But everything else is like, everything else here is a little archaic. You know what I mean? So, you, not, you know, I live off my iPad when it comes to watching hockey games. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you're right. I mean, I think the, the new the new way is for people to, to subscribe to their favorite, you know, streaming platforms and watch movies and shows and sports and stuff that way. So, it's uh, you got you to gotta jump on that moving train or else that train's going to take off on you. Yeah, well, we missed you at the alumni game. Um, McKenna looked yeah. like he was trying a little too hard in there. Well, he's, he's young, isn't he? Right, he's in his thirties, so yeah. Yeah, I think he's yeah. you know he's still got probably got some game. Although I played, um, I play in a, in a here in Rhode Island. I we call it hockey night in Newport, and uh, it's uh, it's like a faculty skate with uh, a lot of the faculty at my daughter's school, and uh, and uh, I I don't play goalie there. I play play forward and i tell you what i had it so i had myself a night last night i was oh dishing. yeah oh man was i dishing i mean it, <laughs> unbelievable and i scored the game winning goal uh we played to five at the end it was four four and i said i came on the ice and i said i'm gonna get the game winner and i got it and uh felt really good about it but i wish i could have played in that alumni game man like uh i i was bummed because i had to travel for espn 
and I uh, had a game the next night down in Florida and uh, I saw, you know, like all those guys coming back, you know, you, you want to be a part of that. It, it really, it pained me not to be a part of that whole situation. Although I probably don't miss uh, putting on the goalie gear, but just to see all the guys that showed up and guys like uh, talk and, and, and Homer were so big in my career that uh, I wish I could have been there to be with those guys. But um, if McKenna was doing the splits and, all that stuff. I don't think I could have kept up with him. So maybe let him handle all that. <laughs> it's classic. Uh, Boosh, thanks for doing this, man. You, you know, I love talking to you and I appreciate you coming on uh, episode two. I tried to get you for episode one. I wanted you to be the inaugural guest, but you weren't available on Monday. So yeah, that was a busy week for me. I apologize, but uh, <laughs> I always appreciate you having me on buddy. All right. There he is. Uh, Brian Boucher. Thanks Boosh. All right, Jason. Take care, man. There he's Brian Boucher, and thank him for joining us on this episode of the. I'll kick you out, Boosh, because I, I I keep going on, so you don't have to sit there and wait. Uh, <laughs> but uh, everybody, uh, that was fun uh, talking to Boosh. Is always great and great perspective on not only the position of goaltender and going through a coaching change and everything that goes with it, leadership, rebuilding, all that stuff, and now doing just such a great job in the broadcast world with uh, the NHL and ESPN. So thanks to Boosh for joining us. And also thanks to our sponsor, uh, Parks and the Park Sportsbook app. I got to bring up the app right now. I got a couple plays for people for tonight. But if you go on uh, your web store or your app store, grab the Park Sportsbook app. Because right now you get a $500 risk-free bet for just going on, sign up and check it out. I'm going to log in right now. And there's lots of great games to, to get involved in. If you want to bet hockey, if you want to bet, obviously, football, baseball, NBA, whatever it is, college football, you can bet all of it. And it's so easy to do and so easy to use that that's the great part. Like, I'm, I'm sitting here talking to you right now, and I'm logging in, and I'm going to be able to see all the different games for tonight and different ways to bet them, which is great and one of the great things about Parks. And also, make sure you follow the Parks uh, social channels, at Parks Sportsbook on Twitter, yeah, check them out on Instagram, on YouTube, Facebook, all those different areas because you can get uh, special bonuses and uh, great content there as well. So let's look at the Toronto Maple Leafs and Tampa Bay Lightning game tonight. That is a great game tonight, by the way. Tampa Bay right now in the game tonight in Toronto is getting plus 114, Toronto minus 139. But like, see all these different things on there. I don't know if you can read that, but game combos score cast, win cast, goal score. I love going to goal score. So let's go to goal score. And Steven Stamkos tonight is get plus 1100 to score the first goal of the game. Plus 185 to score a goal. How about, uh, let's look at, uh, we'll go down, we'll go to Hedman, plus 2000 to score the first goal of the game, plus 400 to score. That's a pretty good bet. Corey Perry is plus 375 to score. I would not go with Corey Perry. But then you get to the Toronto Maple Leafs, plus 700 for Austin Matthews to score the first goal or plus 108 to score a goal in the game. See, I love first to score because there's huge, huge payouts. And there's great games to bet. Let's look at another game tonight. Uh, the Let's go all right, Let's go to Nashville and the Islanders. Islanders tonight, plus 140. This is at the Island. They finally ended their losing streak. So if you want to bet the game, including overtime, so total goals in the game at five and a half uh, over that is plus 120 under that's minus 140. I would play the over there to be honest with you. Correct score of the game. You can pick the exact score. Say it's going to be a four, two win. Uh, that's plus 2,200. 
You can also pick the team in the correct score. So lots of great stuff. So go on, get the Park Sportsbook app or go to parkscasino.com slash PA. And it's easy to use live in-game betting, play-by-play betting. It's all there for you. So make sure you check it out and you can uh, enjoy all the great opportunities with the Park Sportsbook app. Also, um, I got to tell you about Wildfire because they are awesome. And Wildfire, they host all of our podcasting. So on-demand versions of Stick to Hockey Live. You can, uh, if you're not seeing this live, you can come back and you can watch the live video on demand. And you can also uh, hear it on demand as well at all the podcasting platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all the different ones, Stitcher. It's available on all those. And if you and your business are looking to start a podcast, it's a great idea. You got to talk to Wildfire Podcasting. Now, they got a great studio located uh, minutes from Philadelphia in Clementon, New Jersey. And if you wanted to get into broadcasting, podcasting, whatever it is, they can help you hone your skill and they can really help you with all the logistics of it. You know, talk to them. If you're a business, podcasting is a great way to market your business and become known as an expert in your field to hundreds of thousands of listeners and grow your podcast. So go to wildfirepodcast.com or email Jim and it's Jim at WFGNJ.com. Tell them I sent you there. Your first show will be absolutely free. And again, visit their website at wildfirepodcast.com. We always appreciate them. They're such great. They've been such great partners for this podcast over the years and also for Ajis and and many others. And um, so we really appreciate that. And uh, great sponsors on this show. Now, coming up on Mondays, Stick to Hockey Live. So Stick to Hockey Live is every Monday and Thursday right now. And we do the shows at 1 o'clock live. And then, like I said, they become available on demand after. Uh, but every uh, every Monday and every Thursday at one o'clock, we'll and we're going to feature a different guest. Like in the first episode, we had Adam Kimmelman and Russ Cohen. This episode, we had Boosh. Uh, we'll have multiple guests sometimes. Mondays, though, we're going to have um, a good friend of mine, and I've had him on before on I think this podcast before and others and other things I've done is Kevin Woodley from NHL.com. He covers the Vancouver Canucks, and of course, he is the goalie whisperer as Elliot Friedman has referred to him you just heard him perhaps in a two-part series on 32 thoughts the podcast when fridge was out and jeff marrick did a two-part episode with kevin and kevin runs ingle magazine uh inglemag.com and he just gets great information on goaltending and the thing that the reason why i love having kevin on because he can explain things in a way that can educate people on the position you know, it's weird because goaltending, I think it's the most important position in sports, even more so than the quarterback, because a quarterback leaves the field of play for half the game when the defense is on the field. But whatever, we can have that debate another time. But it's I think it's the most important position in sports and one of the least understood position in sports. And Kevin does a great job of explaining the plight of the goalie and scoring chances and and all of that stuff. Like, Bush is great at that, too, because he played it at the NHL level. But we'll get some great insight from Kevin Woodley about Carter Hart, about goalies around the league. We'll talk about that element of, you know, a team rebuilding with a young goalie in Carter Hart and the effect that that can have on him. I imagine we'll do a draw a parallel to a guy like John Gibson in Anaheim, who's a really good goalie, and that team went through some lean years and tough years of late, kind of rebounding a little bit right now. But we'll have Kevin Woodley coming up on Monday's episode and uh, great guests going forward as well. So uh, that's what's going to come up on Monday. As far as the next couple of days for the Flyers, 
They're flying out to Vegas today, and they'll take on the Vegas Golden Knights tomorrow night, 10 o'clock uh, out there, and then they'll have that back-to-back in Arizona on Saturday uh, at 9 o'clock against the Arizona Coyotes. Then they'll return home, take on New Jersey, and uh, go on the road, take on Montreal, return home, take on Ottawa and Washington, then a road trip to wrap up the end of the calendar year. It's actually a five-gamer all said and done before and after Christmas break, but Pittsburgh, Seattle, San Jose, and then they'll come back in the new year with the Los Angeles Kings and the Anaheim Ducks, the aforementioned Ducks. So uh, a lot of great stuff uh, on the horizon, certainly a much easier schedule than the one that they just finished. But the way the Flyers are playing right now, does that equal wins? I don't know. Um, Renee says that he met Bush at the Shark Tank in 95 at the Flyers bus. And he signed autographs and took pictures. Well, Bush is a good guy. That's why. So um, that's why I did that. I don't know. Was he, Renee, was he playing for the Sharks or was he playing for the Flyers? Because he played for both. I'll have to look back in 95. Uh, Boot, well, it wasn't 95 because he wasn't in the league at 95. So it definitely was not 95. He came in in 99. So uh, anyway. All right, everybody, that's going to put a wrap on this episode. Again, make sure you uh, get the Park Sportsbook app, download it. Get your first bet risk-free up to $500. And uh, also go to parkscasino.com slash PA. Get those wagers in for tonight. First first to score. Look in those categories. It's a lot of fun. First to score, then keep an, an eye on the live in-game betting. And make sure you also follow Parks on Twitter, at uh, Park Sportsbook. Follow them on Instagram. Follow them on Facebook Live, Facebook, whatever you call that. <laughs> Uh, also YouTube, and you'll get great content there and great uh, daily specials and all kinds of other great, great content. So we appreciate everybody watching. Thanks for the first two episodes. We'll be back on Monday. Another brand new one. Will the Flyers end their winless skid? We'll find out on Monday when we break it all down on a brand new Stick to Hockey Live. Have a great day, everybody. Have a great weekend. Enjoy your hockey, and we'll talk to you on Monday.